We have a great two-part interview in store for anyone who may have an interest in serving their country part-time through the Air Force JAG Corps Air Reserve Component, or ARC, which includes the Air Force Reserves and Air National Guard. We have three guests on the show, including Brigadier General Mitch Newrock, Lieutenant Colonel Rebecca Odie, and Captain Amanda Wong, who will collectively share their stories and unique officer perspectives on serving in the Air Force JAG ARC, how they balance part-time service with their civilian careers, leverage their military training and professional development, and how to apply if interested. Here are a few clips from part one of the interview. I find the reserves to be colorful and vibrant with plenty of opportunities and a real desire to make it work for both me professionally and personally. It eventually turned into my civilian career with the Department of Justice as an assistant United States attorney doing appellate work. Uh, and it was based on the skill that I picked up in the Air Force that I took out into the civilian sector with me and then brought back to the military. Welcome to the Air Force Judge Advocate General's Reporter Podcast, where we interview leaders, innovators, and influencers on the law, leadership, and best practices of the day. And now to your host from the Air Force Judge Advocate General School. Welcome to another episode from the Air Force Judge Advocate General School at Maxwell Air Force Base. I'm your host, Major Rick Hanrahan. Remember, if you like the show, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform and leaving a review. This helps us grow in outreach to the JAG Corps and beyond. Well, we have a great interview in store for you today, especially for those who may have an interest in serving their country through the Air Force JAG Corps Air Reserve component. In this interview, we'll focus on a career in the reserves as a lawyer and judge advocate general. In a subsequent interview, we plan to discuss the same topic from an enlisted perspective with a few of our outstanding paralegals. For today's show, we have three remarkable guests to share their experience on how serving in a part-time capacity as an Air Force JAG has been for them. Brigadier General Newrock, Lieutenant Colonel Odie, and Captain Wong, thank you for coming on the show today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you very much. Excited to be here. Thank you. Brigadier General Mitch Newrock is the Director, Operations and International Law, Office of the Judge Advocate General, Joint Base Andrews, Maryland. He oversees the provision of legal advice to the Air Force and Space Force regarding air and international law, space law, cyberspace and informational law, environmental law, and aviation and admiralty torts matters. General Newrock supervises a team of approximately 100 judge advocates, civilian attorneys, and paralegals at 15 locations. General Newrock entered the Air Force in 1992 and served on active duty at Air Force wings in the United States and abroad, as well as at the Government Trial and Appellate Counsel Division in Washington, D.C. Upon leaving active duty in 1998, General Newrock continued his service in the Air Force Reserves, which we're going to talk about today, with assignments at the Wing Numbered Air Force Major Command and Air Staff Levels. He returned to active duty in 2009 and served at the Pentagon as the Air Reserve Component Advisor to the Judge Advocate General, providing senior-level advice on all matters concerning Air Force Reserve and Air National Guard programs. General Newark reported to his current position in September of 2020, where he also serves as Mobilization Assistant to the Judge Advocate General. Our second guest, Lieutenant Colonel Rebecca Odie, is a reservist assigned as the IMA to the Staff Judge Advocate 87th 
airbase wing at Joint Base McGuire-Dix Lakehurst in New Jersey. She supports the SGA and leading an office of more than 30 personnel, including active duty and reserve judge advocates and paralegals and civilians responsible for providing legal services to 42,000 total force individuals. Since becoming a reservist, she has been a deputy state's attorney in Addison County, Vermont, specializing in all sexual assault and intimate domestic violence crimes for adults and juveniles. And now she is a partner in a local firm that specializes in litigation. And our third guest, Captain Amanda Wong, serves as a Category A reservist currently assigned to the 419th Fighter Wing at Hill Air Force Base, Utah. She provides legal advice and services to wing leadership and unit members. In her civilian capacity, she is an attorney advisor at the Department of the Interior Office of the Solicitor. I also note that she earned the Military Outstanding Volunteer Service Medal for her work fostering animals and walking dogs for the Albuquerque Animal Welfare Department. Well, once again, thank you so much for coming on today, Brigadier General Newrock and Lieutenant Colonel Odie and Captain Wong. I'd like to start off our first question for uh, General Newrock. If you could just, sir, provide a little more background on your current position and what you're focusing on right now. Sure. Thank you. I've, you introduced me as the uh, Director of Operations in International Law, which is correct. That is the job that I'm doing. Uh, I'm temporarily here on active duty. been here since uh, August of, of 2020 and uh, am leading an active duty organization. But my reserve job is, as, uh, as you mentioned, the mobilization assistant to the Judge Advocate General. So that's a mouthful. What that means is that I'm the leader of the reserve judge advocates, you know, our reserve lawyers, and our reserve paralegals all across the Air Force Reserve. So that's about 878 of us assigned at offices in the United States and also overseas. So we'll talk a little bit more about what our program is about uh, you know, throughout this interview. But what we're really focusing on is making sure that people's service is as meaningful as it can possibly be, uh, both to the offices where we work and to us as individuals, you know, making sure that our service is fulfilling and that we're actually making a difference. That's what we're really focused on. You know, so many of us as lawyers, we went to law school looking for a line of work that would bring greater meaning to our lives. And so many of us are called to the practice of law because we feel a draw to serve others, you know, something bigger than ourselves. In our profession, and that can take a lot of different forms, right? For some, it's serving the underprivileged uh, or defending people accused of crimes if they can't afford legal representation or prosecuting criminal cases to help keep our communities safe. Or it could be environmental causes, you know, to protect our world for future generations. Uh, and to some, it might not seem obvious immediately that military service fits that bill too, but it does. Uh, it's a way to dedicate our best legal skills and talents for the good of our whole nation. And a lot of people who've served on full-time active duty uh, already know about our part-time reserve program. Many of them practiced as uh, military judge advocates, and then they left active duty, went to civilian life, and then joined uh, the Air Force Reserve to continue their service. But a lot of people who've never served don't really know where to start, or they think it's too late because because they didn't start right after law school. But it is possible. And we have many, many people in uniform who established themselves as attorneys and then came directly to our part-time program. As, uh, you know, it's a way of finding additional meaning in their lives, both personal and professional. 
And what we want to talk about today is that part-time service, what it's all about, how it works, how you can contribute, how you can join, and and what it'll be like. So you can keep your civilian job and your civilian lifestyle. You know, maybe you've got roots in your local community or you've got commitments with family or civilian job, and you can't necessarily pick up and move to, I don't know, Korea or something with the with the full-time active duty program. You can still serve. You can still serve as an Air Force lawyer on a part-time basis. That's what we're all about. Well, thank you so much, sir. Um, much appreciated there. For um, Lieutenant Colonel Odie, could you maybe offer a little more background on your current position and what you're focusing on right now? Yes, I would be happy to. So right now, as you had said before, I'm attached to McGuire Air Force Base. It's um, in New Jersey. And my job is basically to be the backfill for the staff judge advocate. So in a civilian term, if you had a law office, uh, he would be the boss and he would be responsible for making sure the office runs. And when he needs to leave or when he needs assistance or there is um, something going on in the office that needs more help, I'm the person that can come in and help fill that role to make sure that there's no gap for the office just because somebody gets deployed or somebody has to take vacation or things like that. And my focus right now, honestly, is a lot of care for my reservists and the active duty personnel at McGuire because we've been experiencing a lot of changes in how we serve and what opportunities we have to serve with COVID, um, even as attorneys, and to make sure that we're still getting all of the military justice aspects accomplished, um, even with COVID going on. So it's been a really interesting time to get to be an attorney and to get to be an attorney uh, with the reserves. Well, thank you, ma'am. And for our third guest, Captain Wong, I think you're the, the newest to the ARC component. Uh, could you also offer a little more background on your current position and what you're focusing on? Sure, absolutely. Um, so I'm, I was just recently reassigned to the 419th Fighter Wing at Hill Air Force Base in Utah. I'm a Cat A reservist, which means I'm like a traditional reservist. Um, I go there one weekend a month, um, and I'm part of a reserve unit. So while Colonel Odie is helping with an active duty unit, my entire unit that I'm working with is all other reservists. So that's a really interesting change for me because I previously worked um, as Colonel Odie does with an active duty unit. Um, So I'm looking forward to being more involved in the whole unit, not just in the legal office, but the whole unit as a whole. And so right now we are, we advise the Uh, reserve commander of the unit if he has any legal questions. Um, We also assist with discipline. Um, If any of the members need discipline, um, we advise how that would happen. I also um, draft wills, uh, provide legal assistance to anyone in the unit who needs it, and other duties as a sign, reviewing legal documents for, uh, reviewing like all sorts of documents for legal sufficiency and things like that. but yeah, it's, it's new to me because I, I just started there. I was officially just assigned there in December, so I haven't done too much yet, but I am the deputy staff judge advocate for the legal office there, which means I'm a assistant to the staff judge advocate. And it's a, it's a small legal office, and I'm looking forward to learning more about how, how the whole unit works. Well, great. Thank you so much. And I think the, the collective experience of all three of our guests today is going to be outstanding for our listeners to, to hear from everybody. So with that, I'd like to kind of dive into the first maybe substantive question for General Newrock and kind of just cut to the chase here, right, sir? Why would someone want to serve in uniform part-time? 
really, like we were mentioning a moment ago, it's a search for meaning, Rick. The uh, the opportunity to uh, serve something that's bigger than yourself, uh, to get an opportunity to uh, work on something that will bring you personal and professional meaning, and be able to do it in conjunction with your civilian life. So being a, a member of the Air Force Reserve as a judge advocate, it doesn't take the place of your civilian career. It complements your civilian career. Uh, it will provide you with skills and experiences that you can use in your civilian life. And it also uh, draws from those skills and experiences and the expertise that you uh, built up throughout your civilian career. And that makes the Air Force better, makes the Air Force Reserve better, makes the JAG Corps better. And those skills and uh, experiences that people have found during their civilian careers, uh, it's we're really looking for the way to put that to the best use for the benefit of, uh, of the JAG Corps and for the Air Force and Space Force. And sir, obviously in your career, you've been both on the active duty side and the reserve side. Can you offer a little insights to that to our listeners on maybe some of the differences between the two? The active duty, well, first of all, both of them take uh, it's a life commitment, right? So the when you're serving on active duty, obviously that's a 365 day per year commitment. Uh, it is what you do. It's where you live. It's uh, the people that uh, that you work with and that you hang around with. Uh, your your life is is wrapped up with your service as a member of the Air Force as an active duty as an active duty member. Uh, as a member of the reserve, uh, you're still keeping that connection and that connection is so valuable to us uh, to maintain that connection with the Air Force and with the Air Force Reserve and with the rest of the JAG Corps. But you have the opportunity to expand on uh, your personal life and your professional life uh, to draw in the work that you do as a civilian attorney also. Uh, and what we're looking for there is uh, you know, people who want to serve part-time. They have civilian skills. Sometimes it's lawyer. Sometimes it's uh, doing something else. Uh, our judge advocates aren't all attorneys in their civilian lives. We have people who are stockbrokers. Uh, we have people who uh, you know, do all sorts of things uh, in their civilian lives. And uh, they're, they're bringing that skill and their expertise to the core and working uh, for the benefit of, of the Air Force and Space Force. But it's a part-time lifestyle where you're going to keep your roots in your civilian community. You're not going to pick up and move every couple of years uh, like the active duty force does. And really, that's what draws a lot of people to us is, uh, you know, maybe they've served on active duty for a while and they don't want to move around all the time anymore. And they want to set down roots in a community. And uh, that's where we come in. Uh, we have the opportunity. Uh, we provide that opportunity for you to set down those roots, become a part of your local community, become a part of the local uh, legal practice and uh, still be able to devote uh, the skills that you have, uh, both the ones that you got within the Air Force and those that you develop afterwards uh, to come uh, and serve for the benefit of the Air Force and the Space Force and the nation. Thank you, sir. And just one more question before I go to our other guests on, on kind of why they decided to, to get into the um, reserve component. Just so we're clear for our guests, sir, could you elaborate a bit more on when you're talking about the Air Reserve component, what is the Air Reserve component? What, what are the different subcomponents of that? Great question. So uh, the in the JAG Corps, we have uh, the active duty JAG force uh, that we've talked about. Those are the people who are on uh, serving every day, day in, day out. Uh, the Air Reserve component is made up of a, of a couple of parts. Uh, there's the Air Force Reserve, and there's also the Air National Guard. Now, in the JAG Corps, we've got about 2,200 lawyers. Uh, there are about uh, 1,400 or so enlisted paralegals about 350 
civilian lawyers and about 500 uh, civilian paralegals and assistants. Now, out of all of that, uh, 656 JAG attorneys are in the Air Force Reserve. And our, our main job is to provide legal advice and guidance to commanders at all levels across the Air Force and the Space Force. So we should uh, make this clear. The JAG Corps does serve both forces. It serves the Air Force and it serves the Space Force. And we're led by a three-star general. And we focus on three main practice areas uh, with a lot of different nuances and specialties, military justice and discipline, civil law and litigation, and operations and international law. So our substantive legal work generally falls into one of these three domains. And in the air reserve component, uh, we're supporting the active duty full-time staff, uh, but we're also, as Captain Wong mentioned a moment ago, uh, supporting reserve units. So uh, there are a couple of different types of programs, generally two of them. One is to serve in a traditional reserve unit, like Captain Wong does, or in, in an Air National Guard unit. That's the one week in a month, two weeks a year kind of schedule that, that a lot of people have heard of. And that program's good for people who are in court a lot during the week and can only really be free for weekend work in some cases. So a lot of state prosecutors, uh, public defenders, people with a heavy deposition practice, people who generally aren't as available during the week, uh, tend to gravitate toward that uh, weekend program. Uh, but it has its drawbacks, though. Uh, the weekend scheduling can be kind of rigid sometimes. Uh, you're expected to be there on the same weekend that everybody else is there. And uh, the program's a little smaller. Uh, not as many positions uh, or locations available, so you may need to travel farther uh, to perform duty there. And sometimes the mission requires that you get a phone call or an email to work uh, on an issue during the week. And that's just what national defense requires sometimes. So our other program is the one that Lieutenant Colonel Odie is in. It's supporting an active duty office. So there, there's more scheduling flexibility because you're not tied to a single weekend each month. After your initial training, you do two weeks a year plus an additional 12 days of service. So two weeks plus 12 days. And you can schedule those 12 days in any way that works for you and the office where you're assigned. You can do those 12 days all at once. You can do them several days at a time. You can do a day at a time, whatever works uh, for you and for the office where you're assigned. So very flexible. Uh, but generally, it needs to be done during the week because that's when active duty full-time offices are open. We do have more locations there, and all of our overseas offices are like that. So in general, the, the Air Reserve component, it's the Air Force Reserve, and you're serving either in that traditional reserve program like Captain Wong, or you're serving in the uh, augmentee role that Colonel Odie is in, uh, or you're serving in the Air National Guard. So those are the three parts of our program. Well, thank you, sir, so much for that clarification. I know there's often confusion there, so I think that helps to uh, alleviate some of that. So for Lieutenant Colonel Odie, if you could maybe share with our listeners a little more on your journey. Uh, I mean, you've had a unique career trajectory as well. And just kind of hear about what drew you into the military at large and also to the Reserve Corps. Absolutely. Um, so I did have a different maybe career path than most. Um, when I got out of law school, I did not go straight into the reserves or active duty. I was actually a public defender in Miami, uh, Florida. And then I was a private defense attorney in Miami, Florida prior to coming in. And I came in because I was still just missing something. And it was exactly what Ger General Nurak had said. It was that sense of a bigger community, of a purpose of service, and I really liked feeling that. I mean, that was why I wanted to be an attorney, was to help people. And so I joined active duty. I had an amazing time. I had great opportunities as an active duty JAG officer. Um, but four years in, I was pregnant with my second child, 
and I had gotten married after I was um, in the active duty. And my husband was a full-time police officer. And so I really was afraid that I was going to have to choose between my family life of what I anticipated it looking like or my professional life. But then luckily I talked to some great reservist JAGs who informed me that I just didn't realize all of my wonderful options with the Air Force and they were right. And so I transitioned into the reserves back in 2012 and I am still waiting on having a position I don't like. I have found it fascinating. I find the reserves to be colorful and vibrant with plenty of opportunities and a real desire to make it work for both me professionally and personally and, and to make it feel like I matter. Um, and, and likewise, I feel like I get to give back in a very meaningful way, both to the community of the Air Force and to the United States as a whole, which makes me feel great. Um, it has definitely assisted me uh, professionally in my, my civilian career. And I will say that my civilian career, I've always had bosses and colleagues who are more than happy to take advantage of all of my experiences and skill sets that I've developed as a civilian and use them in a meaningful way for my employment as a reservist in the Air Force. Would you mind elaborating a little bit on that, on how uh, your experiences within the military have, have helped you in your civilian career? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I was a prosecutor for the military when I first came in on active duty, and then I was a defense attorney for the military. Um, both of those opportunities allowed me to try a, a really interesting cases, um, which helped me as a litigator just develop. Uh, the more experience you have, the better I think you become. Uh, additionally, when I became into the reserves, I had opportunities to do contract work, uh, which I had not experienced before on my civilian side, which has helped me now in a general practice firm, even though we focus on litigation, having that experience really assist me when I need to um, do something different. Because I do live in Vermont, so we're small. So sometimes we get uh, more variety than some other firms would in a bigger city. I've also had the opportunity to do some uh, legal assistance. We do a lot of wills and estates in the military. That has been nothing but helpful for me in my civilian life. And finally, because I'm so familiar with how the military works and how even some of our sister services work, when I've had military members or other individuals that on the outside are looking for assistance, either through family law matters wills, or even sometimes, unfortunately, criminal matters, I'm able to provide a lot more meaningful assistance to them sometimes than somebody who has no understanding of their previous military experience or what is important to them to make sure that they can continue to serve and, say, have good contact with their kids or, or something else, even in a divorce situation. Well, ma'am, thank you for those great insights. And for uh, Captain Wong, definitely want to hear about your journey. Uh, what prompted you to uh, seek out a career in the Air Force Reserves? Um, thanks. Yeah, it was a really interesting journey for me. I started out um, after law school working in the civilian world as a public defender for the state of New Mexico. And I did that for three years. And then um, I transitioned to a job with the Social Security Administration with their Office of Disability Adjudication and Review. And I had been there for a few years and I realized I was getting concerned that 
my legal practice was shrinking, that I was only doing one kind of law, just disability law. And I was concerned that that might hinder um, my career in the future. So I wanted a way to diversify myself and keep myself active and current in other sorts of areas of the law besides disability law. I also noticed at Social Security that a lot of the administrative law judges had previous JAG experience, whether it be Army or Air Force or Navy. But um, I noticed, you know, within federal service, a lot of uh, folks do have a military background. And I thought that it would be beneficial for me both to expand my career and because it kind of gives you that additional sense of community and um, understanding, you know, just other people who have similar, it's like being part of a club, right? So if, if other people um, have been former JAGs and, and you're also a JAG, that's just one more thing you have in common with them, another way to connect with people. Um, also, no one in my family had ever been in any branch of the military before. So I was kind of curious about what that was like. I like learning about things that are new and different. This was completely outside of my skill set. And I just was like, well, let's find out more about it. So I had a few friends who had been active duty and then transitioned to the reserve. So I was active duty JAGs and then transitioned to to the reserve. So I was familiar with it. And um, they were like, you know, you should join the reserves. And I thought, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Let me, let me check it out. So I did. And um, I think it has actually been really great for my civilian career um, because uh, after seven years at Social Security, I was able to get a job with the Army Corps of Engineers. And I think, you know, Army Corps of Engineers is sort of, it's part of Department of Defense. And I think they really respected my um, my Air Force JAG career. And so I think that was like a really good transition for me. And then from there, I was able to get my job with uh, the Department of the Interior Office of the Solicitor. And I've always wanted to do environmental law and natural resources law. So this is like the perfect job for me. But I do think that um, the reserves really help with my pr- career progression because I think otherwise, it's a great way to get to do other areas of the law be- beyond what is in your civilian job. Um, so that was really excellent. I've started rambling, so you may want to ask me another question. <laughs> <laughs> no, a f- fascinating account there, um, Captain Wong. Obviously, you've taken, uh, y- it looks like you came in to the reserve component and did it to help foster your um, professional development. And, and that has been quite successful uh, from your part. Yeah. And I also, I I do, I love public service and that's, you know, just as General Newrock has been saying, every single career I've ever had has been a public service career, you know, public defender. Now I'm working, I've always been a federal employee, but I, and the reason I thought that the reserves was so important was because I did want to help serve the active duty component. Like I know that I, for lots of reasons. I can't join the active duty JAG Corps, mostly travel and, and you know, move, moving the whole family. But but I do want to be able to help serve them. And I've had some really rewarding experiences. A lot of these active duty bases that I've served at when I was a IMA reservist, like Colonel Odie is now, um, have just been so busy. And so these bases are really, really busy. And I can come in and be a fresh set of eyes and ears on different topics. And I can augment them when they're really busy. So I've been able to help a lot and they're always just so grateful for me being able to come in and help with 10 wills that day or whatever. So I really enjoy being able to help them and I respect them and I like to be able to give back. And then also being able to give back to all the military members that I serve through legal assistance and, and other things like that. It, it's very, very rewarding and I, I really love it. Well, thank you for sharing. 
So General Newrock, these are two great examples, right, from uh, Lieutenant Colonel Odie and Captain Wong on how they've been able to to get into their reserve corps and and, and leverage uh, their their training in the civilian sector. From your kind of perspective, sir, with the broad uh, perspective that you have, is this fairly indicative of what you see from folks within uh, the reserve component? People like Lieutenant Colonel Odie and Captain Wong are exactly what we look for in reserve judge advocates. Uh, They have developed legal skills either on active duty or in the civilian sector uh, or both in the case of uh, Colonel Odie. Uh, but we're what we're looking for are people who have exactly that kind of well-roundedness. Those are the people who are going to be most effective serving in a part-time capacity. What we typically look for are people who are experienced attorneys. Uh, with and what do I mean by that? I mean people with real experience representing real clients in actual matters with real responsibility for an extended period of time. If if that's the experience that you have, uh, whether you got it on active duty as a judge advocate or whether you developed it in the civilian sector or whether it's a combination of both, that's the type of person we're looking for. Uh, how, how much time is enough? I don't know. Depends on what you're doing in your civilian career. Uh, people straight out of law school tend to be less competitive for our program uh, just because they haven't had the time to develop that experience that we're looking for. But for people who are in court all the time, could be relatively soon, you know, maybe as, as short as a couple of years. But what we see with uh, Colonel Odie and Captain Wong are people who've really got that sense of public service, the commitment to public service, uh, the com- uh, commitment to uh, finding a way to use our legal talents and legal skills in a way that benefits something that's bigger than just ourselves. And uh, the willingness and openness to do things that are maybe outside the comfort zone, uh, maybe something a little bit different. And you never know, you might just find uh, something that you do in the military turns into your civilian career. Uh, On active duty, uh, one of the things that I did was uh, something that I never expected to do. I was assigned to come work in, in an appellate position. I had never done appellate law, didn't do moot court in law school, uh, but I was assigned to do appeals of court martial cases. And it turned out I loved it. It was great. Uh, the people were terrific. The work was interesting. I enjoyed the academic back and forth with the judges, and it eventually turned into my civilian career with the Department of Justice as an assistant United States attorney doing appellate work. Uh, and it was based on the skill that I picked up in the Air Force that I took out into the civilian sector with me and then brought back to the military uh, as a way to make me a more effective judge advocate in the reserve program. So what you see in, in our program with, with Colonel Odie and Captain Wong, it's completely indicative. Uh, this is what we're looking for, and we, need, we want more just like them. That concludes part one of our interview with Brigadier General Newrock, Lieutenant Colonel Odie, and Captain Wong. Please tune into part two for the continuation of this interview. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Air Force Judge Advocate General's Reporter Podcast. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes or Stitcher and leave a review. This helps us grow, innovate, and develop an even better JAG Corps. Until next time, nothing from this show or any others should be construed as legal advice. Please consult an attorney for any legal issue. Nothing from this show is endorsed by the federal government, Air Force, or any of its components. All content and opinions are those of our guests and hosts. Thank you.